It's Thursday the 18th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and if I had a prostate, I bet mine would be dead big too. Show off. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to Papercuts, the modern newspaper review, where we've invited all the UK press to a party. The Guardian's got stuck into the vegan cocktails, the Star is dirty dancing, the Times is throwing some fashionable shapes, and the Telegraph's tweed is starting to chafe. Sadly, the mail won't join in because having fun is woke and Meghan Markle once did it, but you know, their loss. And for those of you who, unlike the mail, like to move it, move it, we're out every weekday, Monday to Friday. So why not subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. NHS waiting list, clearly not that bad. King Charles and Princess Kate both going into hospital for separate operations. Strap them in. Guardian reveals scary childcare habits of yore and how low can you go? Fashion has decided that the male cleavage is hot. Welcome to Papercuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Papercuts, where we've been trying to dress like Princess Anne for years. I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me today is host of TLDR News and man who once visited 10 Downing Street, Ben (laughs) Blissett. Hi, Ben. Hello. And also with us is comedy writer and man who once visited the only Nazi concentration camp (laughs) on UK soil. You wrote that in, didn't you, Jason? Yes, I did. Hi, Jason Hazley. Hi, morning. I've got to say, the uh, Nazi concentration camp, which is called Silt and is on Alderney, and number 10, which I've also visited, very similar vibes. Okay, what have we got on the front page today? Ben, you have the broadsheets. What do you have? Yeah, so they're all sort of going with the Rwanda vote, which Mm. happened yesterday, the much-anticipated Rwanda vote. So the Guardian's gone with uh, Sunak's Rwanda bill survives as Tory revolt melts away uh, for now, they've ended with. I don't really know when it's going to come back, but, you know. The Telegraph is going with hospital surgery for King and Princess. The Times also with the Rwanda vote, so Rwanda revolt withers away. I think it's worth saying as well that this Rwanda vote, I mean, it's been it's been long awaited. It's the, it was the third reading yesterday. Yeah. You know, we had some amendments and everything, but the rebels bottled it at the last the last moment. Yeah. Um, the almost certainly self-styled, is it five families, four families of, of rebels? Um, which Ugh. sounds something a little bit like from a, something from a sort of Scorsese film. Exactly. Yeah, they usually, wish. <laughs> usually, usually in a Scorsese film, when they say they're going to kill something, they usually do, mm. um, which is the main sort of difference. But yeah, no, it finally had this big vote. They've been saying for about a month that we're going to we're going to take the government to task on this. We're going to try and strengthen it. You know, we're going to make the, these big changes to it. They've been speaking for ages about how much influence they're going to have and how they've got the numbers. And you know, they had the amendments. And there's about sixty Tory rebels. And you only need twenty nine. You know, votes against really to, to defeat the government on this, and they didn't. They bottled it. They've been speaking for ages, and they just they just didn't do anything. And I don't understand why they've been so vocal in the press for the last month about this. They're just it's, like shooting the mouth off, don't they? They're yeah. just like, and also I think Lee Anderson, who had a job, didn't he? He yes. had a job as deputy chairperson, yeah. and he resigned it. It just seems to me that he just didn't want to do the job because <laughs> yeah. like he yeah. resigned it, but then he voted for the bill anyway. Yeah. The Telegraph yes. has had some fun though. The Telegraph has pointed out that the so it was eleven. Yes. Tories who voted against the bill, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and apparently multiple letters have gone into the 1922 committee, which I think means 11. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the Telegraph has pointed out that, that, the, that it was a blow for his staunchest Tory critics who'd been plotting to raise questions about his leadership if the legislation had been defeated. Yeah. It's just more of this, this same fucking soap opera. 
Yeah, and mm. quite a boring soap opera. <laughs> really? Do you know what I mean? I think, like, I wouldn't mind if it was interesting, but yeah. it's not a good one. Even no. five families don't make it exciting. <laughs> no, no, it's so true. By the way, also, one of those families is called the New Conservatives. I mean, that's like calling something new bread. It's, it's, ju- it's not new. It's exactly the same fucking Conservatives. If anything, that's the properly old Conservatives and the properly old Conservative opinions. There's nothing new about yeah. the New Conservatives <laughs> at all. Um, but anyway, so that's, that's those three papers. The- yeah, we've done Rwanda now. See ya. The eye's going with something a little bit different. They're going with the new revelations from the post office scandal, which is that there's another system that has done almost exactly the same thing as the Horizon system called Capture, which supposedly a load of sub-postmasters were taken to court because of this accounting software, and it turns out they were falsely accused. Some One person was, was taken to court for a shortfall of £79,000, and they're certain that it isn't the Horizon system because the, the dates don't line up, that it is this capture system. So This is not the same capture sh- thing that shows you a grid of nine pictures and you have to tick the ones that have got a zebra crossing in them. Is it? Did, with the post office, did they, did they go, oh, I thought that one was a zebra crossing, and they went, you're going to prison. <laughs> they didn't specify that it wasn't that in the article, right. so I can't say with any confidence whether it is or isn't. Uh, but no, that's the, the, the latest updates in the post office scandal. So, yeah. Okay. What have you got, Jason? Before we go on to what I've got, can we just have an honourable mention for Alison Pearson on the front page of the Telegraph? The headline is, <laughs> you think this is cold? Try living through the winter of 1963. And I have one question. <laughs> how? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I've got the tabs and they are all going on the Royals uh, not being well. The star, which we usually say to last because it's funny, has obviously had to scrap whatever they had on their front page, something to do with boffins, no doubt. Mm. Um, and they've just got Kate's op, yeah. a big picture of the Princess of Wales. Um, in blue. In blue. Um, the Sun have got almost the same picture, but definitely the same outfit, but they've upped it a bit. Royals rocked by Kate op. Mm. She's in hospital for two weeks, no duties for three months, and prostate op for king. <laughs> the male, even more desperate... Let's pray that they're both okay. (laughs) (laughs) And the mirror goes with Wills cancels all engagements as Princess has surgery. I'll be there for Kate. Decent of him, right? Which our managing editor, Andrew Harrison, has pointed out is the bare fucking minimum (laughs) if your wife's going into hospital for an operation that's going to take three months to recover from. Now... Pretty much on every single front page this morning and dominating the tabloids is the news about King Charles and the Princess of Wales, i.e. Princess Kate, both going into hospital for operations. They are separate (laughs) operations, we have to say. But Ben, what are they going in for? Yeah, so... Charles, they've been quite open about Charles and what mm. he's in for. So he's there for corrective, a corrective procedure for his enlarged prostate, which bizarrely I got a push notification for on BBC News yesterday. Mm. And I never thought I'd have rolling <laughs> updates on the king's prostate, quite honestly. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, that's the world we're living in now. It's so the new open the royals. New, yeah. And I almost, I, I almost feel bad saying that because they, they then, they're, they're pointing out that one of the reasons he's being so open about this is to try and encourage men to, to get their prostates checked. And, mm. and things like that. So it's sort of understandable on that front. But yeah, the, the, the coverage seems, as we've sort of pointed out, it seems almost a little bit over the top. Mm. Um, and then Kate has gone in for hospital for abdominal surgery, but we don't know anything more than that. So there's a lot of speculation as to what it could be. People have their own theories. All we know is that she's 
going to remain in hospital for between 10 and 14 days. She's probably going to be out of action for a little bit longer than that. Um, for quite a long time. And she's already yeah. in. So it's a planned, yeah. it was a planned operation. She went in on Tuesday. She could be in for up to 14 days. And all her royal engagements have been cancelled until... Easter. I mean, the papers are being very supportive by obviously privately going mad, thinking, <laughs> what is she in for? What is she in for? What could it be? But Jason, you've got a theory, right? Well, so the Times says uh, abdominal surgery may mean the stomach, appendix, kidneys or bowel or the reproductive system. Mm. Now, when my mum was about the same age as the Princess of Wales, she had a hysterectomy. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, we think, well, actually, <laughs> what you did say, Jason, was you came in and went, 50 quid, it's a hysterectomy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that the first thing. That one's taken me up yes. on that bet, by the way. <laughs> I have to say, it does seem, I mean, that one does seem fairly likely, which is a, a tough old operation. It's the recovery time, which is the yeah. thing. Yeah, because it's uh, appendix is pretty quick. I did think uh, slightly that she could have got into a bar brawl and got yeah. stabbed. Yes, that's true. She could have. That could have. Are happened. you offering a fifty pound bet on that, or is this? <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that one. Anyway, <laughs> um, there, there. Few of the papers have gone for kind of double pictures, which is quite funny, if you, especially if you have Charles on the left and Kate on the right, because it looks a bit like before and after. <laughs> like if you go into hospital, just look at what collagen fillers can do. <laughs> anyway, Charles is having this hot prostate operation, which has led immediately to every newspaper section mm. hunting down a journalist who's had the same operation to write a, a piece. And there's a piece in the Telegraph from the royal editor, Hannah Furness, who's written that it's admirable. He's ad- being admirably honest. Yeah. Mm. I think this is the thing as well, is that you've got the king, and and, and, and I, th- I still think one of the, the, the wildest quotes is, is the palace coming out saying, his majesty was keen to share the details of his diagnosis. Mm. So they're, they're, they're on, on the, the, the front of the, the king and his prostate, he's being very, very open. But Kate is being, it, it's, it's, it's sort of slightly more cloak and dagger. It's a little bit, you know, p- people don't really know. So it's this sort of duality of getting push notifications about the king's prostate and endless <laughs> speculation <laughs> about... about about what's going on with Kate, yeah. but the the line is that they're both being they're both being very open, and I, I don't yeah I don't really know I just I just feel like in, in both of these situations they're keen to stress that neither are that serious. They've pointed out that it's not cancer, you know, all of this. But then you've got the papers saying like let's pray for them and all yeah. this. It's like I, I don't yeah, really know what, what's, what's the line here. Yeah, exactly. The mail just seems it's almost like the I mean it's like that they've died. They just want to go back to the, <laughs> to the good old days, yes. don't they, of the queen dying and the coronation. And Everything being royal, that's what they're doing. Well, I tell you what, if anybody uh, listening to this is coming out of a coma that they've been in for two years today, don't worry about the phrase push notifications about the king's prostate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's been some insight from the male, which is uh, the male has found a woman who's got this amazing name. Her name is Dimple Mystery. Yeah, I I, I mean, I think insight is putting it a bit... A bit kindly. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is one of those pieces where Dimple Mystery, yes, mm. genuinely, um, has sat down and talked to the journalist Elizabeth Haig mm. at the Mail. So it's one of those pieces that's written in the first person, but isn't actually written in the first person. It's very, it's extremely poor writing. Mm. It begins, as it was revealed today that Princess Kate had been admitted to the London Clinic for abdominal surgery, I couldn't help but reflect on my own stay there as I assured myself she is in safe hands. <laughs> I mean, it's drivel. I think she could help, but with that, I don't think she had to reflect that. No, do you, you realise? Yeah, just no, no restraint, Dimple Mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unable to help yourself, reassuring. Anyway, this piece basically reads like it's like a sort of like a restaurant review, basically, because she just goes on and on and on about the food. I know. 
It's, it's just, I love it. It's extremely bizarre. She said uh, it's like staying in a five-star hotel. At each meal, Kate will be able to pick from soups, salads, small plates, main <laughs> meals with a selection of side dishes, light bites and desserts to, this is a hospital we're talking about, just to remind everyone. More bad writing. Breakfast saw a choice saw a choice of the usual cereal and toast, but unlike the NHS, yeah, take that, nurses, I could also have chosen from a range of pastries, hot breakfast items, which included omelettes and pancakes and even avocado on toast. Again, it's a hospital. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. I'm just glad we're all still praying for her. I uh, think we that's are the, yeah. But you know what it reminds me of? There's a point in every... I mean, you know, kind of middle-aged woman with children's life where they're just like, well, you know what I'd really like? It's just to break, have a small break. I mean, like yeah. physical break. <laughs> so you break your leg and then you're in the hospital for, I don't know, about like just a couple of weeks and yeah. people are nice to you yeah. and you don't have to get out of bed. I'm not better yet. I'm not better yet. <laughs> It and still you, hurts. <laughs> and you just stay there and nobody bothers you and they feed you nice food and you watch the telly and you scroll a bit and then you come out. I think that Kate might be doing that. Is that more likely when it's school holidays and the kids are back? <laughs> and does just... this overlap with Easter <laughs> yeah. holidays? Yeah, yes. She's yes. out in time for the Easter holidays. No, no I think she's in. She's in. She's not doing the Easter holidays. We're not, yes. we're not, yeah. we're not saying I she's going to definitely be not be better for the Easter holidays. <laughs> yeah. no Sorry, darling. What. You'll have to look after yeah. them. Yeah. Um, can I give you a bit more dimple mystery? Mm. One morning, sh- again, terrible writing, one morning showed their dedication to my care and comfort especially well. A member of staff arrived to came to take bloods but just couldn't find a vein. Instead of poking and prodding me until they found one, they immediately went and found a more senior member of the team to take the test instead. I felt completely safe. And just to put this on the record, that is absolutely standard procedure <laughs> if you can't find a vein. This is not special care. OK, the avocado on toast is not NHS territory, fair no. enough. No, it's a- I was wondering, so if the king is out of action and William Kate are out of action, who could step in and take over some royal duties? Dominic Raab. <laughs> <laughs> you look lovely in a crown. Lee Anderson? <laughs> He's definitely got more time now. He's got he? more time yeah. now, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the yeah. royals kind of lack a gobshite. So, I mean, he could, be, he could become <laughs> you know, a gobshite down, yeah. Yeah, the gobshite general or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, um, there, we, we have been thinking of some puns. <laughs> oh no, don't show the working, Miranda. <laughs> Do you want to hear some puns? Yes, please. Okay. Prostate opening of Parliament. Um, the King's Peach. That's from our... <laughs> I like that one. That was a good one. That's from our producer. Probes of Office. And my favourite, Gland of Hope and Glory. <laughs> I can't believe none of the papers ran with any of these. They will. Uh, they will. Give, given time, they will. They need yeah, to listen yeah. to this when first. When he's better, yeah. when he's yeah. better, they'll start to they'll start to go for it. I, when I was forty nine, I went to see my GP and said, "Do I need um? Do I need to get my prostate checked?" And my GP, who is a Dutch nihilist, said to me, <laughs> uh, "This is not necessary because you are not fifty. But when you are fifty, then perhaps we should have a look at it. But you, the thing you must accept is that." The longer you live, the more likely it is that you will get prostate cancer. And if you live long enough, you will definitely get it. This is true for all men. Also for all women, if they live long enough, they will get breast cancer. And they went, anyway, bye. I don't, I don't see him anymore. <laughs> I, go to, I go to someone nicer now. I was wondering where the nihilist point would come in, but there it was. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, yep. yeah, it there was it definitely is. present. You will get cancer. Oh, thank you, doctor. <laughs> yeah.
Now, in The Guardian Online, there's another excellent piece from podcast fave Emma Beddington. She has written a few list-type pieces based around old pictures, which we've uh, looked at. We enjoyed her feature about the beauty remedies of yesteryear the other week. It was very good. Anyway, this time around, she's found a brace of snaps of babies from the past. Jason, what is her piece about? It's called The Shock of the Old, mm. Eight Unnerving and Eye-Popping Approaches to Childcare. And they certainly are. <laughs> um, the, I mean, they vary. Some of them seem to make sense. Like the, there's, a, there's a photograph from a, a, a Citroën factory in France um, at the turn of the 20th century, and the children are all hanging in sort of rope bags. Yeah. But they, effectively, it looks like primitive soft play to me. You know, they, they, they all seem to be quite happy. Yeah, it's They're like, having a, a nice like a time. hammock. There's another lovely one with mm. a, a kid called David the Lobster Cage Boy or something. Mm. Anyway, he's a boy. He's in a lobster cage which surrounds him, if you know them, is circular with a kind of pit in the middle. So he's standing in the middle of the thing. And it's not far off those uh, activity centres that you can get for toddlers where they just sit in a circular thing and it's surrounded by stuff. Except this is basically an inactivity centre because he's standing in a lobster cage <laughs> and there's nothing to do, which is why he's got a biscuit in his hand. He looks quite happy, though, doesn't he? Looks he? Quite happy. It's yeah. a great picture because he's completely bald, holding his biscuits, yeah. looking quite stroppy, <laughs> in, in dis- what looks like a skirt. Yes, and yeah. she's, I think she distri- describes him as having a determined look or something. <laughs> but, then there's the, but then there are the kids hanging in bags on a washing line who look as pissed off as any baby I've ever seen. Mm, that one's quite interesting because yeah. I read that one and it, I thought... But, you know, maybe I'm a bad mum. I was like, how have they done that? Mm. <laughs> Yours like, are too old for this now, yes, by the way. But like, I was like, is it a blanket or what is that particular? Are they trying to sell this thing? And anyway, so I looked very hard and you could click through onto another picture, which was from the Welcome Collection. And it was of a baby that had literally been kind of put in a bag and hung on a hook. <laughs> While its nurse went out dancing, it didn't look very. It really wow. did not look very happy. I, I think, the, but, but left a photographer in charge. No drawing. It was a sketch. Oh, it was a drawing. Yeah, it was from the eighteen hundreds. Oh, yeah. Wow, I know. I think these are giving Prince William some ideas over the next few weeks. <laughs> I think so he's going to be adopting yep. some of these. Yep. I think the line of, of all the kids in the, the padded sort of straight jackets is an interesting one I as well. I love that one. That, um, they look so sweet. Yeah, they do. But they also, <laughs> also screams of parents who are like, these kids have all, been, have all been a nightmare. If we put them all in straight jackets, they can't, they can't do anything. Like, I know. It's, it's, but they look cute because it's like a kind of sleeping bag. It's in, the, yeah. it's in Russia in the 1930s and they've got, so they've got little hoods on, yeah. and which obviously makes children look cute and mm. then it's a, it's like a sleeping it's a bit like a big puffer jacket with no arms yeah. isn't it so they've just got their little feet coming out yeah, oh, they look yeah obviously great. they're not babies either because they're walking they're toddlers oh, yeah, that's little a, toddlers yeah. so they're toddlers yeah yeah, yeah very and there's a wo- very well protected toddlers you know yeah very if well if they protected. fall they'll just get a soft landing won't they? <laughs> well they can't put their arms out does it no, genuinely they're, they're just going to yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of like a line of dominoes yeah exactly exactly yeah. and then there's the one in 1963 the, uh, the baby in the scooter <laughs> yeah, sidecar. That's incredible. <laughs> that one's great. It doesn't look like they've got any sort of protection. No seatbelt, no helmet, nothing. Nothing, if the, you know. nothing at all. There's a, it's basically a woman on a scooter who looks really happy, doesn't she? And then there's scooter, a scooter. By the way, we, we should explain. We mean like a Vespa, not like yeah, a, not like yeah, a push along. Push along. So like a mini motorbike. Yeah. She's on a mini motorbike, and then it's got a teeny sidecar that is just. It just looks like a pram. It's a tiny with, pram, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> strapped yeah. on the side, and the baby who is definitely old enough to pull itself up and like do yeah. whatever it likes. It's just got no straps to keep in, no helmet, not even a blanket. No. It's nothing. It's amazing how you go from, from the Russia one where they're completely padded, completely protected and everything, to the 1960s one where nothing, just a sidecar, yeah. you know, 
Off you go, mate. Yeah, yeah, You'll exactly. enjoy Good it. Good luck. There's, some, there's a, also a picture of the baby cage. The baby cages mm. often comes up in the newspapers, I think. Baby <sighs> cages. It's like, basically, you don't have these a... Are the, these, are the, these are the genuinely frightening ones, Yeah, Yeah. Do you want to describe what they're like? Well, okay. So what? So it's designed... Basically, they were big in, in New York, weren't mm. they? Because New York, as you know, is high-rise living. So... The big campaign at the time it was a, it was thought that fresh air was essential for kids, which is why there were lots of there were outdoor schools here in the UK, for instance. Yeah. So in New York, they devised this thing where you could open your window. Let's say you're on the I don't know. Let's say the eleventh floor, just to make it really <laughs> perilous. You could open your window and you could sling a cage out, which would sit held in the window frame, and then put your baby in the cage for it to sit there and get some fresh air. 11 floors above the sidewalk. I mean, it's a fucking terrifying thing. I know, but there's part of it. There is part of it that I think is quite good. (laughs) (laughs) The baby's always not really happy. (laughs) The the wildest thing about that in in the write-up of it is that someone filed a patent for that. (laughs) (laughs) Someone made that and thought, someone might nick my idea here. This is is excellent, and I'm worried that someone's going to steal my idea. It was was very common, apparently. They lasted until about 1950, and Eleanor Roosevelt built her own in 1906 from Chicken Wire. Anyway, the craze peaked in London, the baby cage craze, in 1930 when they were distributed to members of the Chelsea Baby Club. That's a posh baby club if it's in Chelsea. What is um, a baby club? I don't what? know. We, we, we're not, well, it's maybe like a drinking club. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you're born well, in babies. Chelsea and you're quite posh, <laughs> so you only want to meet other Chelsea babies. Right. So you just go to this club because then you won't have to mix with the riffraff. But you, yeah, you can hang out in your baby cages. Has um, this come up in Call the Midwife yet? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Well, there you go. There's say. an episode. Yeah, there is an episode. <laughs> now, here at Papercuts, a brilliant headline makes our day. We love nothing more than a pun-filled example of the sub's highest art, and the best of them can keep us cheerful for several minutes. Ben, what do you have? Well, I've got The Sun to start with, Mm. and they're reporting on a tax raid on cigarettes and alcohol uh, and saying that they've hit a 31-year high of uh, 12.9% rise in prices for them. And they're discussing possible plans for the autumn statement under the headline, Oh, for fag's sake. (laughs) Yeah, It's like almost rude, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, almost. There's also a story about someone on eBay selling an engine of Concord. They've put in the description there as well um, a sale note uh, for the for the item saying it's not able to fly, um, but it is perfect to dismantle and repurpose into collectible pieces of furniture or art. So if you are planning on buying it to sort of add to your, yes. you know, working plane, uh, <laughs> maybe bother. don't buy this one. But they've gone with the headline "Flight of Fancy" because it's fancy. Okay, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, not not the best. Yeah. Um, what plane did it come from? Concorde. Concorde. Oh, yeah, I know. Wow, that is fancy. Yeah, that is fancy. Six hundred eighty thousand pounds, apparently. Wow. Because obviously, if it come from a Boeing seven three seven Max nine, it could have just fallen <laughs> off, couldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Couple <laughs> it's of probably pens. why they're selling it. If that was the case, <laughs> I found uh, this, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Accompanying with a door panel. Jason, what have you got? I bring you a hat trick oh, or yeah. a triptych, if you like, from the Star. First of all, there is a story on page. I can't see because there's a post-it note on it um, <laughs> about how having big legs. Big leg. Uh, <laughs> Is good for your health. Good. Um, this is basically if your quad muscles uh, are well developed, um, boffins, high boffins, say uh, <laughs> that you could be adding years to your lives protecting against arthritis and stopping asthma in its tracks. 
And this is all under the headline, Thighs on the Prize. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thighs. Which is lovely. Yeah. But one better is the story on page 10 mm. of the Star about how the face of Margaret Thatcher... Uh, turned up in the grease in a pizza box (laughs) so this is a bit like Jesus in your toast you know but yes this is the former Prime Minister the Iron Lady turning up in a Domino's pizza box it's what she would have wanted it's what she would have wanted underneath the headline Margarita Thatcher oh that's very very good can can I see does it look like her it does it does. It really does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's genuinely, yeah. 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 They can amazing. reuse that headline as well if there's any, ever anything with a drink or a cocktail. Yeah, with a drink, yeah, 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 absolutely. They've, yeah, got them on, they've had that one on ice for a while. Yeah. But the best, say the best all last, there is a story which comes off the back of Deputy Prime Minister Oliver No One saying that, um, <laughs> that artificial intelligence was a biological security threat and could gift us another pandemic within 10 years. I like the gift. Yes. 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 Yeah. My, my word. Under the brilliant headline... Robocoff. Yay, that's very good. We love it. Good news, your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Now it's time for the light and fluffy part of the papers, the soft bit in the middle that keeps the front and back pages feeling crispy. Yes, it's the features section, here to make us feel all squishy and lovely and slightly insecure about our lifestyle choices. We love it. And today we're turning to men's fashion. (laughs) Because I know you adore it, Ben and Jason. Uh, Specifically, Fendi... <laughs> and Louis Vuitton. I know oh, the second one of those. I've heard of um, Louis yes. Vuitton. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. All right. Well, we'll He's start- a handbag, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah, that right? Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much right. Okay, we're starting with Fendi, though. Sorry, lads. Okay. Okay. So Fendi is a fashion house. Okay. And um, the head designer at Fendi, Sylvia Venturina Fendi, who's 63, said she watched the coronation. So. King Charles's coronation and the sight of 73-year-old Princess Anne wearing her green velvet cloak <laughs> an array of military sashes badges and stars and a big feather that we remember blocked Prince Harry's view <laughs> uh, <I laughs> but that wasn't deliberate honest I, no. <laughs> I I, I'm, I've got no time for the rules but god they do good shade don't they <laughs> so good I love it anyway so what uh, Fendi has said is I fell in love with the style of Princess Anne, who, to my mind, is the most elegant woman in the world. So I thought, let's be inspired for a men's collection. (laughs) 
So basically, there's some dots there that need joining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about it. I Ms. actually. <laughs> I can't say when I was watching the coronation that was what was going through my head. No, no but you're no. not a fashion designer. No, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. She's so. She also said Anne is like an anti-fashion person, and to me, that's something very fashionable and chic. This is that's such fashion talk. I can't tell you. It's like if you're anti-fashion, you're therefore cool. Does that make us chic then? Because I think well, yeah, we're anti-fashion. We anti yeah, we're very much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I made you well, look we're just at sort the of collection. A, a fashion. Right? Yeah. You're a yeah. Fashion. We're not against yeah. it. We just uh, don't don't take part. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the collection is called Town and Country, mm -hmm. right? And it looks a little bit like Anna's gone on a kind of Balmoral walk. So there's a lot of kind of barber style parkers, which seems a bit weird for Fendi, but it's true. Wellies made out of leather, which seems also odd. Southwester hats, tartan skirts and kilts. And I did make you look at a bit of it, didn't I? Mm. What was your impression? Because I have to say, I really liked it all. <laughs> I, I thought they were clothes. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Did you not engage with Because I showed you a really nice blue coat. That one looked Jason. comfortable, to be fair. That one looked well, they were, warm. Yes, it, they look warm. Yes, yes, they look like they do the job of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> what they about were, you, Ben? Were, what did you think? I, I thought some of them were leading into this oversized yeah. thing. Is that fashionable now? Is the that oversized is quite thing fashionable? fashionable? The oversized coat is quite yes. fashionable. Okay. Yes. Well, they're leaning, leaning into that very much. I yeah. thought that looked quite good. But it did. It, yeah. Once you're told that it's inspired by Princess Anne, you can sort of see the very sort of like barber-looking jackets that and kind of thing. And the kilts and stuff. And the kilts. Yeah. You can yeah. sort of see where it comes from. But it does look a little bit like they've taken her clothes, made them bigger, and put them on people, <laughs> uh, which. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This isn't. That's fashion. This is the sort of insight of fashion I can give. It's the most. Uh, but yeah, that's that's sort well, of what I, I thought also, looking at them. We also have uh, got Louis Vuitton. So Louis Vuitton, the new chief designer, relatively new, is Pharrell Williams. He of happy fame and, and, big, and, the, hat and the big hat fame. Big hat fame. Yes. Yeah. Dinky, very good looking, normally wears big shorts. Yeah. Yes, we yes. know who he yes. is. Yes. Yes. Okay, so he now is the is the um, head of Louis Vuitton, and he has brought out his autumn winter collection, and it's based on cowboys. So you know cowboys. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's quite good. Why is he the head of Louis Vuitton? He's a because singer. he's <laughs> cool. Because he's cool and he okay. looks good. Okay. And it, this is why. Because when the collection was brought out, it was in front of a star-studded audience that included Bradley Cooper and Kerry Mulligan, Lil Yachty and K-pop band Rise. So that's why. So it's cowboys. Keep yeah. cowboys in your head. All right. So cowboys right. are having a bit of a moment. And it was Lil Nas X who kind of brought the cowboy theme to the fore by releasing his song. And all the country people went mad. He's absolutely brilliant. And he's also very out, very queer. Yes. Oh, yes. He, he, yes. You know, he's absolutely fantastic. And it caused a lot of consternation because obviously country is not normally black, out, yeah. queer. Right. So this so, so it's reclaiming cowboys. And this is partly of what Pharrell is doing, because cowboys are usually seen as white. But historians say that one in four were black. Ah, see. So now okay. are you interested in making fashion? a good point? Yes. Making yeah. a good point. Yeah. Yes. OK, fine. So it's not just a fashion statement. It's cultural affirmation. OK. Are you interested now? I, I, well, I still don't want his hat. <laughs> You did look at that. Made you look at those ones as well, didn't you? Yeah, they? I think there's a. I think there's a good social purpose. Um, mm. I, I would be interested to know in what situations you would wear a cowboy getup, um, yeah. other than a catwalk, I guess. Yeah. Or um, or rounding up cattle. Yeah, there <laughs> yes, is rounding yeah, up cattle, yes, but it's very expensive. Yeah. I have to say, I did think mostly it was about selling bags. Louis Vuitton is very, very much bags. Yes, you see, I thought he was mm. a bag. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And anyway, uh, my, I'm, I mean, my final 
throw for fashion, men's fashion. Trying to win us over. I'm going to win you over. In the Telegraph, there is a piece about the new male cleavage or heavage. Isn't there, Jason? Yeah, there is, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, Heavage. Heavage. Yes, as opposed to female cleavage, which is sheavage, obviously. Um, Yes, I don't know why I'm meant to care about men's tits. Um, But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, appara- but apparently showing it is now is a fashionable thing and there's lots of photographs of very pretty men like Timothy Chalamet arriving I think this is probably at the Wonka premiere in a pink j- uh, jacket but with nothing underneath so you can see his chest yeah um, I have to say they've picked all the right people so they? I, don't you think like it's all Scott, the usual suspects you, at the moment yeah that yeah. is all the people in the news I also that pink jacket I swear I've seen that on that da- was it Daniel Craig that wore that and some he white tends, wingers he can to wear yeah Daniel Craig went, tends to wear velvet but he tends to wear it a bit too tight ah uh, I, I see Ooh, is that a thing yes well it is a bit of a thing I think you feel like he's showing off his arms when he sh- and he shouldn't he should Amazing. wear it looser fashion so, lesson thank you um <laughs> Yes, there's people like Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal and good old cousin Barry Keoghan, who was our fave. They've all been wearing basically jackets or shirts, kind of showing their, their, their chests. Yes, according to this piece, the red carpet has been getting more relaxed lately, whether men losing a bow tie with their look or losing a shirt altogether. <laughs> Just don't bother. <laughs> well, I want to, well, listen, I, so the first topless um, red carpet... Mm. When's that going to happen? It can't be far <laughs> off, can no, it? No. Because someone will just turn up with just a bow tie and nothing else. That's on. No, but I have to just say that that's a little bit more in the male stripper kind of I mean, if <laughs> area. If we're taking this to its logical conclusion, then that, that is the next step, isn't it? Yeah, um, it is a bit. And also, I just want to say that the moobs in the star have been mentioned as yes, well. mm, because they are—they're very bad for you. Moves are very bad for you, but big thighs are good. But big thighs are good, which yeah. means I am doomed <laughs> <laughs> with my pathetic thighs <laughs> and lovely moves. <laughs> and that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Ben. Thank you. And thanks to Jason. Thank you. And if you've got to the middle of January and you still have a couple of quid to your name, then why not treat yourself and join the Papercut Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to say to your creditors by getting your hands on some swanky Papercuts merchandise, such as a T-shirt or mug. Yes, indeed. And our supporters get a special shout-out on the show. Who do we have, Jason? It's a hello and you are fab, Catherine Bennett. Yep, and hi and thank you very much, Chris Bead. And hiya and thank you for being amazing, Vanessa Rowlands. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the mail reveals a whole new country has been found off the coast of Australia. This new landmass is under the sea but is nearly twice the size of the UK. It's good to know we've got a new place to send desperate people after Rwanda. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Ben Blissett and Jason Hazley. The producer was Liam Tate, assistant producer was Adam Wright, and audio producer was me, Jade Bailey. Socials by Jess Harpin and Mike Bollen, designed by Jim Parrott with original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. 